Hi, I'm Roger Blackmore. I'm the lead pastor at Genesis Church on Long Island in New York. Thanks for downloading our podcast. I hope it's a blessing to you. If you want to learn a bit more about our church, then check out our website, genesisli.com. And of course, if you live within traveling distance of us, we'd love to see you in person on Sunday morning, worshiping with us. So here's today's message. Enjoy. So we're, we're on a series, The Bottom Line, and this morning, I, I entitled this morning's teaching, What's in it for me? What's in it for me? What can I get from the Bible? Now, some of you might remember, a couple of weeks ago when we started this series, I introduced you to my mother's Bible. And uh, my mother's Bible is one that uh, we gave her, actually, for Christmas in 1978 because she wanted a Bible that she could, was small enough to go into her purse that she could take to church with her. So we, we bought her this little red Bible, and, and this became the Bible that she not only took to church, but it was always beside her chair in our living room in our house, and this became the Bible that she read very, very regularly. And I decided while we were doing this series, and I've been encouraging folks to maybe just for a change, read the Bible from a book, because a lot of us do have the convenience of the Bible app. And I decided I was going to read it from my mother's Bible, but there's only one complication. Yeah, it's darn small type. It's like it hurts my eyes to try to read what it says. So here I am, here's the Bible, here's God's truth, but I can't read it. Although I can read it standing here today, and you know I can read it standing right here, right now? Yeah, you're sharp, right? Do you know the rest of what I'm going to say? Should we just finish and I'll go home? Yeah. I've got so much light standing here on stage today that I have no problem whatever reading this. And, and you know, one of the big things, what do I get out of the Bible? What's in it for me? And the fact is, the Bible gives us illumination. But we need God's help, not only to read, but to be able to understand what's here. Now, I want to say something that's straightforward here, but a number of folks have talked to me about this the last few weeks. If you have not been accustomed to reading the Bible, and I'm encouraging you to read, you might have picked up a Bible you had in your house, and it's like this one, which is written in King James English. That was published in 1604, which was before I was born even. So, this is how they talked, in six, and you might kind of be somebody who looks and says, I want to read the Bible, but you know what? I, I'm not even sure what it says here. Now, I'm, I'm enjoying reading this because when I became a Christian right through my teenage years, this was what we had this for a Bible. Right through my Bible college training, I used the King James Version. For about the first 10 years I pastored, I used the King James Version. If I quote a Bible verse now, I generally quote the King James Version because that's how I learned it. But King James English is not what we speak when we go and place an order at Starbucks, is it? <laughs> Nobody talks, wouldst thou please kindly forbear with me? 
It's like we don't do that stuff. So what I want to just mention to you is you've got to be able to read a Bible you can understand. And there's nothing... Oh man, I'm going to get emails about this. There's nothing sacred about the King James Version that is more sacred than any other version. Okay? So for me, what I normally do for my regular reading, I read the New International Version, the NIV. So that's what I use for my Bible reading. On Sundays, I use the message a lot. Now, let me just explain. The message is not a Bible translation. It is a Bible paraphrase. And the difference is this. A translation, scholars literally are translating the verses and the words, literally translating it into more modern English. A paraphrase is taking what the Bible says and just giving us the gist of it. But here's what I want to tell you. If you find the message works for you for regular reading, get a message. Uh, we've, been, we've made some available at the front desk. I think we've only got one left this morning, but we will get more. But get a message Bible or get a new international version. But there's lots of translations out there. And uh, the bottom line is read one you can understand. You go with me there? Okay, so... What's in it for me? What do I get from reading the Bible? Well, what I get from reading the Bible is I get enlightenment. I get illumination. Because I need to be able to read the Bible on two levels. One is I read the words that are on the page, but through that I need to know what God is saying to me. Do you get what I'm saying there? In John 14 and verse 26, Jesus said this about the Holy Spirit. He said, the Comforter, even the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. So Jesus said, you know what? I'm going away, but the Holy Spirit will help you and he will teach you. And when we come to reading the Bible, it's totally legit for us to say, Holy Spirit, will you please help me? And, and, and will you please give me clarity, give me illumination, and help me to hear God's voice? Some of us were reading in, in, in the book of Ephesians this week, and in Ephesians chapter 1, it says this. Paul says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at, the right hand, at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. He says, I pray that the Holy Spirit will open the eyes of your heart just to see the immensity of this whole thing, of the God who has called you, of the hope He has given us, of the power He has put within you, which is the same power that raised Jesus and seated Him back in the heavenly places. But that all begins with the Holy Spirit giving us wisdom and insight, enlightenment, 
illumination. Verse 18 in that passage says this, I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. That's why we need to read the Bible and get benefit from the Bible on two levels. One is I read the words with my eyes and I understand them with my brain. But what we need is we need the Holy Spirit to help us to open the eyes of our hearts so that we can know what God is really wanting to say to us. Now, that's not going to happen every time you read the Bible. Sometimes you'll read a passage in the Bible and think about it for a few minutes and close the book and say, okay. But other times you'll read the Bible, and as you read it, it's kind of like it's going to hit your heart, and you're going to like hear God, and you'll say, yeah, right, I get it. I feel better about something. I feel, yeah, that's the answer. And there are times when we read the Bible, and, and, and really, it, it, it really does something for us. Now, some of you, you understand that? You've been there? You know, some days you're just reading the Bible, but I want to encourage you that's important too. The analogy I often use is this. I, when I got up this morning, I had breakfast real quick. I got a yogurt and a banana. Now, that's not exciting. You know, I mean, God bless you. If, if bananas excite you, that's wonderful, you know, but I had a yogurt and a banana, and it's like, yep, yeah, that's it. Let's get out the door. I got things to do. Now, last week, I was away in, 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 in Dallas for a few days doing some training with, with Weight Watchers, and, and the hotel, it was a fantastic hotel, and when I went into breakfast there, whoa. Whoa. And for those of you who understand our system with WW, it was all pointed out for us. So there were breakfast burritos. There was chicken sausage. There was the whole egg station that you can do a zillion things with. And then there was this oatmeal station that, like, I didn't realize you could have so many variations on oatmeal and toppings and stuff like that. And, and there were so many breads there, and, and it was like, Wow, that was breakfast. That was like, this is good. I can't wait to get there, and I've eaten this, and my only regret is I don't have a bigger capacity. It's like, wow. Some days you read the Bible, and it's, wow, that was good. I needed that. Other days you read the Bible, and you read the Bible, and you close the book. But I want to tell you this. If I hadn't had my simple breakfast this morning, by about this time, I'd start realizing I need something. And on the days when you read the Bible in the morning, and it doesn't seem to suddenly put a spring in your step and your hands in the air and hallelujahs coming from your mouth, the truth is this. Come midday, though, you'll realize something was missing if you didn't start it with God and God's Word. So I really want to encourage you that what God does through His Word is He opens the eyes of our hearts. And sometimes it's not instantaneous. It doesn't happen every time. But there are four things that are in it for us. Number one, the Bible shows me the solution to my problems. A lot of the book of Genesis is taken up with the story of the life of Abraham, who was a very significant figure. 
Part of the story of Abraham, many of you will know, was that God promised him that he would, his, he would have a son and that he would have a family so large that the nations of the earth would be blessed through them. But Abraham was 90 years old and didn't have a son at all. His wife at that stage was 80 years of age. And his wife Sarah had, I guess, come to the point where she said, I'm just not going to do this anyway. If she was, you know, if it was possible for her to have a baby at 80 years of age, it was like, no, I'm, I, it's, I'm, we're not going there, right? Okay, any of you ladies who might be approaching 80 will probably totally understand where she was coming from. And so Sarah said to Abraham, look, I've got a good idea. I think, I think, you know, God promised us a son. Obviously, it's not happening, but I've got this young servant girl. Why don't you have a son with her, and then she'll be the son that God promised us. So he did. He, he, uh, Hagar had a child. The child was called Ishmael, and there it was. They, they had the son. And it's, it's like I can almost picture Abraham's holding Ishmael and saying, God, thank you. I finally got the, I, the son that you promised. And God says, hello? Uh, no, that's the son that Sarah thought would be a good idea. That's not the son I promised. And actually, some years after that, Sarah does get pregnant. She is 90 years old now, ladies. Yes, I think wow was a pretty good response to that. She is 90 years old now, and she has a child called Isaac. And now they've got these two boys in the household, and Sarah, Sarah is thinking, well, Ishmael's the oldest. He might get the preferential treatment. The way things worked in that day, the oldest son got all of the inheritance, and she started to kind of get protective about her boy, Isaac. And so there came a point where she said to Abraham, you need to get rid of that woman and her child. Okay, so here's what it says in Genesis 21 and verse 14. Abraham got up early the next morning, got some food together and a canteen of water for Hagar, put them on her back and sent her away with the child. She wandered off into the desert of Beersheba. When the water was gone, she left the child under a shrub and went off 50 yards or so. She said, I can't watch my son die. And as she sat, she broke into sobs. So they're out here in the desert, and they, they've got a little bit of water, but eventually that's gone. Meanwhile, it says, God heard the boy crying. And the angel of the Lord called from heaven to Hagar, what's wrong, Hagar? Don't be afraid. God has heard the boy and knows the fix he's in. Up now, go get the boy, hold him tight. I'm going to make him a great nation. Just then, God opened her eyes. She looked, she saw a well of water. She went to it and filled her canteen and gave the boy a long, cool drink. God was on the boy's side as he grew up. He lived out in the desert, and he became a skilled archer. And God saved his life and her life that day, and the baby who was in danger of dying actually became the father of the whole of the Arab nation. She was at the point of despair when she heard from God, and God opened her eyes. The angel of God, it says, 
called from heaven. Now, here's the deal. I've never heard a lot of angels of God calling from heaven. Have you? I didn't say they don't. I said I haven't. But God spoke to her through an angel from heaven. She didn't have the scriptures in those days. But she heard God speaking, and when God spoke to her, she saw the solution to her problem. What's in it for me from reading the Bible? As I read these pages and the Holy Spirit illuminates me, as God opens the eyes of my heart, I get to see the solutions to my problems. I don't know what problems you're going through right now. You may not see a way around what you're facing. You can't see an answer. There seems to be no solution. Maybe it looks like there's one dead end after another. And I want to tell you this. The answer to your problem is for God to illuminate your mind. You need the Holy Spirit to help you, to guide you, to open your spiritual eyes. Jeremiah 33, 3, God says this, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. What's in it for me? The Bible shows me the solutions to my problems. Secondly, the Bible shows me the barriers to my progress. Now, I'm a person who loves summer totally love summer. I dislike fall. Yeah, okay. That's it. We're all different. We're all different. I dislike fall. Now, you may say fall's pretty. It is, but then it gets ugly. The leaves are so beautiful. Yes, but they come down, and they make a mess, and they create work for us, and the nights get darker and cooler, and, and you know what? No. And then it leads into winter, and I hate it for that as well. And, but one of the things about corn is it's kind of about uh, fall is there's like a whole industry built up over the years around fall, right? So you've got all kinds of fall events and, and corn mazes. Somebody said to me a couple of years ago, we're going to go to a corn maze. Do you want to come? I said, no. No, you know why I, you know why I, don't, I don't want to go to a corn maze? And, and this is, I've got control issues. If I'm in a place, I want to know where I am, where the way out is. Right? Don't put me in the middle of something and say, no, I know that I'm not going to get, I know here that I'm not going to get kind of locked in there forever and forgotten and just, you know, and end up kind of dying and rotting and feeding the ground. I know that's not going to happen, but you know what? I, in there, I'd be freaking out. I don't want to do that. I want to know where I'm going, how to get there, how it is. You know, sometimes in life, life becomes like a maze. Try as you may, you don't seem to make progress. There's another story in the Old Testament I want to refer to here. It's a story about a guy called Balaam who was a prophet of God. And Balaam, Balaam was asked to use some of his God-given insights to help the bad guys, idol worshipers, enemies of God's people, and Balaam said he was going to help them out, and, and God wasn't pleased with that. So Balaam starts out on a journey to go and help these guys, and as he went, he traveled on his donkey. God put an angel in the pathway and blocked him. 
But the only thing is Balaam couldn't see the angel, but the donkey could. Yeah. I guess we've all been through times in life when a donkey could have seen what the problem was, but we just didn't. So here's what the Bible says happened. Numbers 12, 22. So as he was going, as he was going though, God's anger flared. The angel of God stood in the road to block his way. Balaam was riding his donkey accompanied by his two servants. When the donkey saw the angel blocking the road and brandishing a sword, she veered off the road into a ditch. Balaam beat the donkey and got her back on the road. They went a bit further. But as they were going through a vineyard with a fence on either side, the donkey again saw God's angel blocking the way and veered into the fence, crushing Balaam's foot against the fence. Balaam hit her again. Let me just mention this. Whenever we try to do things that God doesn't want us to do, it's going to be painful. The donkey crushed his foot. We always get hurt when we try to go against God. He's angry. He never wonders what he's doing wrong. He wonders what's up with the donkey. And a third time, verse 26. God's angel blocked the way again. A very narrow passage this time. There was no getting through on the right or left. Seeing the angel, Balaam's donkey sat down under him. Balaam lost his temper. He beat the donkey with his stick. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. He got it. He was getting nowhere. He couldn't work out what was happening in his life at that particular time, but finally God opened his eyes. And you know, when there are times in life when we're just not getting anywhere, we need to really ask the Lord to open our eyes because sometimes, truth is, we might be the obstacle. Sometimes other things might be the problem. And so we pray and say, God, please guide me, please show me, please tell me what to do. Because God's promise is this for us. In Isaiah 30, 21, God says, whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. God's Word illuminates us, enlightens us, so that we can see barriers to our progress. Now, I'm at the stage in my teaching today where what Charlotte said earlier is very relevant. If you go to the Bible app, the full notes of my teaching are always there. And if you go to the Bible app today and follow through, you'll find the bits I've got to skip now because time's going. You ready? So I'm going to skip to the fourth thing. The third thing which is really relevant, and the Bible verses for are in those notes, is the Bible shows me how to defend myself against attacks. But the fourth thing I want to say is this. The Bible shows me God is walking with me. The Bible shows me God is walking with me. As I said earlier, I don't know what any of you might be going through right now, but I know this. 
Sometimes we feel like we're lonely. Sometimes we feel like we're alone. Sometimes we think we're out there by ourselves and we wonder where God is. Now, the truth is God is still with us, but we don't realize it. So in the 24th chapter of Luke's gospel, it's one of my favorite stories after the resurrection. Two of the disciples of Jesus are leaving Jerusalem. It's the afternoon of Easter Sunday. They've heard people say Jesus was alive, but they really didn't think it, so they decided to go back home. And they're walking to their, the, the village where they come from, which is called Emmaus. And they are sad. They're, they're discouraged. And Luke tells us this. It says, in the middle of their talk and questions, Jesus came up and walked along with them. But they were not able to recognize who he was. He asked, what you dis- what's this you're discussing so intently as you walk along? They just stood there long-faced like they'd lost their best friend, because they had. Then one of them, his name was Cleopas, said, are you the only one in Jerusalem who hasn't heard what's happened during these last few days? Jesus played along. He said, what's happened? They said, the things that happened to Jesus, the Nazarene, he was a man of God, a prophet, dynamic in work and word, blessed by both God and all the people. Then our high priests and leaders betrayed him, got him sentenced to death, and crucified him. We had our hopes up that he was the one, the one about to deliver Israel. Now it's the third day since it happened. Some of our women have completely confused us. That happens. Some of our women have, whoops, some of our women have completely confused us. Early this morning, they were at the tomb and couldn't find his body. They came back with a story that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of our friends went off to the tomb to check and found it empty, just as the women said, but they didn't see Jesus. So Jesus gets them to tell him the whole story of what's going on, right? Verse 25. Then he said to them, so thick-headed, so slow-hearted, why can't you simply believe all that the prophets said? Don't you see, these things had to happen. The Messiah had to suffer and only then enter into his glory. Then, I want you to notice what happens here. What happens here is that Jesus illuminates the scriptures for them. Then he started at the beginning with the books of Moses and went on through all the prophets, pointing out everything in the scriptures that referred to him. And here's what happened. He sat down at the table with them. They arrived at their house. Taking the bread, he blessed and broke it and gave it to them. At that moment, open-eyed, wide-eyed, they recognized him, and then he disappeared. Back and forth they talked. Didn't we feel on fire as he conversed with us on the road, as he opened up the Scriptures for us? Here's what happened. They thought it was all over. They thought Jesus was gone, and they made this sad, pathetic journey back to their own house. And then Jesus opened the eyes of their hearts to the Scriptures, and they suddenly realized it was Jesus who was with us all the way. 
Their hearts were so sad because they had lost the Savior, the friend. I don't know what you may have lost over these past months. Some of you have lost loved ones. You may have lost your health. You may have lost your job. You may have lost an important relationship, or you, you may be grieving over the loss of financial security. And you can see that every step of the way, Jesus has been walking with you, that you have never been alone, that you never were by yourself, that God was walking with you because your eyes have been blinded. But that doesn't change the fact. And the Bible reminds us of the truth that God will never leave us, never forsake us, that God is with us every step of the way. That's why we need to read what God tells us. That's why we need to be aware of what God's promises are. And that's why we need in our times of difficulty to have enough of God's Word locked up in our hearts that it can speak to us from in there, even if we're not in a state of mind to open the book. You see, right, right, back, at, right back at the start of my teaching, I, I told you that Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would remind you of things about Him. The Holy Spirit can't remind me of what the Bible says unless I know what the Bible says to start with. You with me? And one of the ways we get to learn what the Bible says is we, darn, you did know the whole story today, is we read it. What's in it for me? Illumination in so many of life's situations. I want to encourage you again this week, read the Bible. Read the Bible. I'm going to give you a suggestion. I'm going to suggest maybe today you start reading Psalm 100. I give you shorter chapters than Charlotte did last week, okay? <laughs> Read Psalm 100 and go for 101 tomorrow and go through that till next Saturday. And when you read it, just read it, sit, look at it, glance over it, think if anything's speaking to you, and then store that up in your heart. And if nothing jumps off the page, you simply say, thank you, Lord. And you go about the rest of your day having connected with God through His Word. Amen?